0: simona i'm part of the leadership team here at life church and i'm going to continue our preaching series in living well how we can be emotionally healthy as christians and it's been great so far we've been looking at different things like rest like slowing down to love well embracing limits i've been loving it and learning loads so today we are going to look at what it means to go back to move forward In order to do that, I would like to share a dream with you that I had. So in that dream, I was coming back from somewhere far away and I had to drive on this road. And this road had lots of twists and turns and bumps. It took a very long time, but the view was amazing. And when I got there, I had this credit card full of money that I could pay in a food to a restaurant to lots of my family members that were there. Now, I felt God saying through this dream that going back is a bit like going on a road. And it can be, when you go back in your life, looking back in your past, it can be a road full of twists and turns and bumps in the road, and it can be a little bit painful and a bit awkward to go there sometimes. But I felt God reassuring me that, with the view being amazing, that The freedom that comes from that, the view, is is amazing. And God has got much more freedom for us to break with the things from the past. And that when I arrived there and I had this credit card full of money that I felt him reassuring me, I will give you everything you need to be able to go back, to move forward. Now someone who lived this out really well in the Bible is Joseph. He had a pretty rubbish time in his life, yet he remained faithful to God and God was able to redeem his past. Let's read his story in Genesis 37 verse two. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpha, his father's wives. And he brought their father a bad report about them Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. Joseph was a pretty arrogant guy and he was the favorite of his father, his brothers were really jealous, he was quite immature, he was alienated, which alienated him from his brothers. Things didn't look quite well for Joseph and his family. We pick it up the story up in Genesis 37, verse 27, where Joseph was actually just about to go to his brothers and to bring food to his brothers who were tending the sheep and his brothers were like, ha, this is our chance, we're going to kill this brother of us, we hate him so much. But then one of the brothers said, "Ooh, hold on, we don't want to do that, we're going to put him into a pit. So they put him into a pit, but then they saw a group of Ishmaelites coming past. And this is what's happening, Genesis 37, verse 27. They say to each other, come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. His brothers were thinking, job well done we got rid of him but poor joseph he lost everything in one day he lost his parents his sibling his culture his food his language his freedom everything we'll pick it up in genesis 39 verse 1 to see what's happened next to him now joseph had been taken down to egypt Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him, from the, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. So here we can see that God's hand was massively upon Joseph. He wasn't just like a, a slave somewhere, like doing really hard work. He was actually put in charge of this whole household. It was quite incredible. He was quite the leader because they saw that in him and they put him in charge of this whole household. He was a very important guy. But then in, uh, we can read on in Genesis that he got falsely accused by Potiphar's wife and then he got thrown into prison. It says in Genesis 39 verse 20, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Pretty rubbish. We thought Joseph did well and then he got falsely accused, thrown into prison <sighs> and then he was there for 10 to 13 years. It looked at one point he was going to be taken out of prison, but then he, was, he wasn't. And then in the end something amazing happened where he could, he could interpret a dream that the Pharaoh had and then he was taken out of prison. And then we can read in Genesis 41, verse 41. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. (laughs) That's pretty incredible. Going from prison to being in charge of the whole land of Egypt. I think it's pretty cool what God had done there. But then the famine breaks out and Joseph has been preparing for all of that. He was in charge of all the grain. And then his brothers who were in a different country, um, Canaan. They came to Egypt to get the grain for to, for food because they heard about this, and they came to Joseph, but they didn't recognize him. They didn't know it was Joseph. But then Joseph started to reveal himself to his brothers, and it says in Genesis 45, verse two to five. It says, and he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him because he saw, this was when he saw his brothers and he was so overwhelmed with emotions that he'd see them again. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph, is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified of his presence. Can you imagine that? The brother that you saw to Egypt all of a sudden, this really influential guy, I would be terrified as well. But then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. And when they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God has sent me ahead of you. Beautiful story of God's redemption, isn't it? I mean, to Joseph... He chose to forgive forgive his brothers, he chose to do that, he invited them in with open arms and in the end Joseph's brothers and his father and his whole family came to live with him and they were blessed in many generations. I think it's such a beautiful redemption story. So what lessons can we take out from this? What lessons can we learn from this? I think the first lesson that we can learn is that Joseph admitted honestly the sadness and losses of his family. Joseph had all the reason to be a victim. He was rejected by his own brothers. He was falsely accused. He was thrown into prison. It couldn't get any worse than that really. But the key was that he was honest about his sadness. He kept walking with God. He was willing to go back. How about you? When you hear this kind of thing, we hear about going back to move forward. Are you aware of that? Are you aware of things from the past that still influence you today? Perhaps you say, well, I had a beautiful upbringing and, and a really good life. I don't know if I need to go back. I don't know if anything's wrong really with that. I don't know if anything that is still influencing me today. Or you might be the opposite, saying, well, I had such a rubbish upbringing, I just wanna lock the door and never go back again. I'm glad I'm out of that. Wherever you are, the truth is, I think that whatever happened in your past still has some influence today. It might be massive or it might be small, but there are still things that are influences, influencing us today from the past. Because God has placed you in in a particular family, He's placed you in that particular place and He placed you in that moment in history to give you opportunities and and gifts to grow. But that also comes with emotional baggage and, and it might be lots or it might be small but it comes with emotional baggage. I think we need to be aware of, it's like a stuck gramophone player that keeps playing in the back of your mind There's these messages that are still influencing us today. So what could that look like? Well, For me, for example, the message that plays in my mind is that I have to stand up for myself and defend myself when, for example, Wouter uh, criticizes me, when Wouter gives me some gentle feedback, I feel like... Ooh, I'm going to stand up for myself and defend myself. Now, I've been going on a journey to see where does this come from? What is this stock gramophone player, this this message that keeps playing in my mind? And I felt that, that with counsel from others as well, that that was because of the fact that my parents were quite strict with me, they wanted me to, to listen well, which is understandable, but they did it in quite a strict way and I was never uh, able to actually un- voice my feelings or the reason why I, fe- I did the thing that I did or the reason why I felt like I felt when I was corrected. And because of that, I always felt I had to be silenced. Now now, whenever I hear that kind of thing, I feel like I'm not going to go back in that place again like I was as a little girl, I'm going to stand up for myself. You see how that can still have influence in my life today or with my one of my early jobs i was accused of stealing and in my other jobs i've always had a bit of a fear of like what if they uh what if they find out because i wasn't actually stealing at all it was it was just completely falsely accusations that i had had been stealing this money in the supermarket it was just completely rubbish but they were they were convinced that i did that and because of it i had a bit of a fear in next jobs that 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 would happen again and and, that I couldn't make a slight mishap but what if they would get angry with me again? That was the stuck gramophone player, that was the message that kept going round and round in my head. Or because my parents were quite strict, I never learned how to disagree well, I find it really hard when someone else has a really strong opinion, I'm thinking well that person must be right then. You see how these things can keep playing in the back of your mind? i was wondering how, how about you when you have an honest look inside yourself what is the message that you've been receiving about gender rules about parenting about marriages perhaps you you find it really hard to confront people or you find it really hard to view god as a, as a father or you worry a lot or you, you feel quite fearful or you feel, you find it really hard to be patient with the kids or what about in your marriage? You you keep bumping into the same problem, the same arguments that you think, here we go again. I can empathize with that. Sometimes these things are influenced with things from the past, the messages that keep going round and round. And if we're not going back, we can't get free from that. So I was wondering, we're gonna have a one minute time and timer on the screen and we're going to have a look at What are the messages that are still playing in the back of your mind? Have have a think, have a ponder with God together. What are the things that you're bumping into and what are the messages that are still playing in the back of your mind that could influence that today? so important for us to do this. It's so important for us to go back and ask God these questions. The second lesson we can learn is that Joseph had a profound sense of the bigness of God. He repeatedly said, it's not you who sent me here, but God. He said, I can see God's hand in all of this. Now sometimes for us, when we go back, it's quite hard to see God's hand. Where was God in all of that? Why did that happen to us? It's really, really hard. And, and sometimes the things that have been done to us are just plainly wrong. And it's okay to admit that some things that have happened to you in the past are wrong. When I was falsely accused, that was wrong. Or whenever my parents d- never didn't like show me the love and the kindness when they corrected me. That was wrong, that wasn't the right thing to do. And it's okay to admit that maybe other things have happened to you, maybe worse things have happened to you, and it's okay to admit to say, that was wrong, and it's, that's okay, God can handle that. And it's okay to work through that, but also to see, okay God, I know it was wrong, but where were you? What were you doing? How are you bringing something good still out of the situation? So now, for me, the good that God is bringing out of the thing that uh, the fact that my parents were so strict and I couldn't avoid my feelings, the good that came out of it is that I now can actually uh, empathize with my girls and think, actually, yes, I want them to listen, but I want them to be able to share their feelings as well. So that's the good that came out of it. The third lesson we can take from Joseph's life is that Joseph rewrote his life script according to the scriptures. So he wasn't just playing the victim role, he he wasn't saying like, I should never trust anyone, I should never take risks anymore, it's too painful, I'm a loser. He didn't do this. He kept reminding himself of the truth. And I think that's really important for us as well. Because the truth is that Jesus has set us free. (coughs) When we became Christians, we are free from the past. That's dealt with on the cross. Hallelujah. We're born into a new family. We are adopted as sons and daughters. We are free from the past. But there are still some things that in our mind I, can st- I just see it as like little dirt tracks in our mind that we can go on when something happens, that we can go on, which is like an automatic response, automatic way of thinking that we had from the past. And when we go back to the past and see, where did I first start to go down that dirt track in my mind, we can rewire our brain with God into a new way of thinking, into a new way of living into, in our new creation, and our new selves. We can rewire our brains by saying, okay, I'm going to deal with that and I'm going to have a new way of thinking. For example, I'm quite a sensitive person, so I'm really sensitive to in people's emotions and whether they're angry, whether they're sad, or atmospheres in rooms and all of that. And God has been redeeming that in me. Rather than getting fearful and having fear of men and feeling anxious for other people, I'm now coming into a room and I'm thinking, okay, God, what are you doing? And how can I speak life? And how can I prophesy? And how can I speak words of truth over that person rather than letting it come on me? That's a way of how my brain is rewired. God wants to redeem our pasts. Isn't that amazing that we've got a God who wants, who's so involved in us, who wants to redeem our past, set us free, and then redeem it by helping us to have new ways of thinking to rewire our brains. The fourth and last lesson I think we can learn from Joseph's life is that Joseph forgave and he partnered with God to be a blessing. I mean, if, if anyone had any reason to not forgive his brothers, it would be Joseph. It's a horrible thing to do. I mean, No matter how arrogant he was, it's quite horrible to sell your own brother and even want him dead. Yet Joseph actively chose to forgive them and to say, do not be afraid of me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you in, I'm gonna bless you. And he even got his whole family to come and live with him. I think it's quite amazing that he turned it round to forgive them and to bless them. Now, I've been going on a journey with that with God that I needed to forgive my parents for the fact that they did that, that they were so strict with me. I had to forgive them. Time and time again, I have to say, okay, I forgive you. In my mind, I've been going with God. I've been sitting down. I've been saying, okay, I'm going to forgive. choose to forgive you for the fact that you ne- I've ne- never felt hurt. I'm going to forgive you. And we're going to break with that. I'm not going to go down that path anymore. I'm going to have a new way of thinking that, Whenever someone criticizes me, I do not have to defend. I'm not going back into that little girl anymore. I'm a new creation and I'm going to think in a different way. Now, God is often often like he's taking us one step deeper into that. And then next time comes round and he's taking me even deeper into that and I have to forgive again for, for something else. Maybe not my parents or maybe other people or maybe my parents again. I think forgiveness we have to do time and time again. And it's a choice to say, I forgive you. I'm not going to hold this against you. Because otherwise you just, you're just held in the grip of the past and you won't become free no matter what you do if you hold this grudge. It's so important to forgive because we've been forgiven so much from our sins with jesus that we are able to forgive others as well so important so joseph did this really really well so what have we learned today well we've learned that we need to go back to move forward we need to learn to go on that road with all the twisty turns and bumps uh, that can be in the road to go back But we know the view is amazing, the amazing freedom that God has for us, and we know that God has given us everything we need to be able to deal with this. Shall we do this together? Shall we go on this adventure together? Let us pray. Father, we, we pray that you will help us to understand where these messages in our brain, where are they coming from and how are they still influencing us today? Help us to break with the power of the past, Lord. Show us, where do we do these things? Where do we still get influence in that? Help us to forgive, Lord. This is so hard. I find it so hard to forgive, but will you help us, Father? Will you help us to forgive and help us to move on so that we we will become those amazing people that are free from the break of the past and are so attractive to the people around us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.